0: of Crypto Chats. Um, today I have the very first lake monster I've ever talked about for you. Um, in case you're wondering, and in case it isn't obvious, lake monsters are not really um, what gets me going. Um, for me, I, I kind of lean towards um, land-bound, you know, weird bipedal Cryptids more often than I lean towards lake monsters just because I, to me personally, they're a little bit more interesting. Um, but that's neither here nor there. So let's talk about the Mugwump. You guys voted on my Instagram story. So now we're going to talk about it. The Mugwump is also known as Old Tessie. Um, and it is a lake monster from Lake Timiscammon um, in Ontario, Canada. If I said that wrong, I'm very sorry. I did my best um, YouTube pronunciation videos did not help me all that much. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. So the first, like, official report and, like, documentation of the Mugwump was actually in 1979, uh, with the first, like, eyewitness report predating it by year in 1978. Um, but the Algonquin tribe of Ontario, Canada actually, um, has included the Mugwump in their lore for, you know, Many 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 years prior to when it was first documented as a creature, and you know so before we go too far, as per usual, I'll give you a quick description of this creature. Um, I wrote in my notes: um, lake monster with round head, and a call similar to that of like an underwater horse. Um, so picture that as you will, and about twenty feet long. And then in parentheses, I wrote sea standard sea C- sea monster. So, basically, just, I guess, picture of the fucking Loch Ness Monster, and that's kind of what we're working with here. Um, the early depictions of it have it being, like, serpent-like in body, um, but with, like, the head of a horse, which is really similar to the Scottish, um, Kelpie, which is a really interesting story. If you haven't heard of it, you should look into it. It's really cool and weird. Um but it's crazy. It's supposedly fucking huge and like all black and really scary and, and creepy and weird. Um, and honestly, like when it comes to swimming in bodies of water, I, if I can't see the bottom, I get like real sus, because something about like, like I prefer to swim in lakes and rivers, um, and growing up in New Hampshire, that's very easy for me to do. Um, but something about being in the water and feeling something touch my foot and not be able to figure out what it was immediately, um, is so freaky. So I think maybe that's why I don't really talk about lake monsters that much. I think maybe it's like a deep-seated fear of them being underneath me while I swim. Um, anyway, moving on. Um, so the Algonquin tribe in that area have had, like I said earlier, have had this creature in their lore for like way, way, way longer than, you know, white folk have known of it. Um, and they have truly believed in it, its existence for the entirety of their time, knowing that it existed. Um, so there was actually, um, a descendant of a chief, Chief Wabi, um, of the Algonquin tribe who, uh, I don't remember what his name is now, but he, um, basically retold some of his childhood stories, um, to, the man who originally, um, documented this, uh, this creature, his last name was Dent, I think James maybe, James Dent, that sounds right to me, but basically, um, he told of the story of in 1879, um, his tribe took a voyage along the Ottawa River, um, to get to Lake Timscammon, I hope I said that right the second, time. like, I hope I, like, said it the same way I did the first time, We'll find out. Um, anyway, the Algonquin people would leave offerings for, um, this otherworldly creature that they knew to live in the lake. Um, they would offer things like tobacco, um, and they would leave them in places that, you know, made sense to leave it in places that called like devil's rock and things like that. Things that would make, you know, that would naturally be seen as a place to leave an offering. Um, and that they would also sprinkle, um, tobacco, and whatever else they offered to this creature into the water as well to appease the spirit. Um, which is really interesting to me. I, I love those moments when like indigenous lore come to life. Not that I, you know, thought that they weren't, um, rooted in truth to begin with, but I love seeing it come to light. Um, it's very interesting to me, as you guys know, with my fascination with Pukwudgies, it's just one of those things that I really truly enjoy. Um, So there was one single eyewitness that supposedly saw the Mugwump leave the water and walk on land, and this part is wicked scary and weird, and I don't like it, um, because it just reminds me of every creepy weird book I have ever read about some abnormal thing happen. Um, so this eyewitness basically saw, uh, the Mugwump travel from the water onto the land, and described it as having a body like a snake, and it slithered across the ground um, in their general direction until it eventually noticed them, and then retreated back to the water. Um, and I, it reminds me of this, I read a lot of um, Reddit stories, like I really like sitting on no sleep, um, and just reading some of the horror stories. Um, and there was one about an Irish legend that the name of it is escaping me right now and I cannot remember it, but it was very similar to this creature. Um, and it snaked up on the, on the water and it, you know, beat up this man who was there. And then he was like, I won't go to the water because you have scared. Um, and it reminds me of that. And also just like the idea, I don't know, something snaking out of the water, like a snake specifically, not that scary to me, but Something that is, you know, supposedly 20 feet long and like definitely not normal snaking out of the water and slithering towards me just is a thing of nightmares to me. So um, in 1978, I'm gonna hop backwards a little bit um, so we can talk about some of these sightings. So <clears throat> if you remember, this is the year before um, this creature was officially documented by, I'm just gonna go ahead and say, th- say this, that this man's name was James Dent because that feels very right to me. Um, so this, this eyewitness sighting was about a year before um, James Dent officially documented this creature as something living in this lake. Um, so in 1978, there was a married couple who were perusing the coast of the lake, um, that reported seeing this creature and they described it as being all black, like really much, very much looking like a fish, but scarier. Um, and they described it as having no fins, which is the big difference between a fish and anything else, um, and that it had humps on its back. This is another point in which in my notes I wrote in parentheses, see standard lake monster. so it gives you very much, like, Nessie vibes, and, um, as I think most lake monsters do. Um, but yeah, so, no fins at all, humps on its back, which kind of, like, leads into the theory that it was 20 feet long, it just kind of makes sense for its body to kind of be rigid. Uh, not rigid, but, like, well, I guess kind of maybe rigid. I feel like rigid in the, like, whoop boop, boop, whoop way. I wish you could have seen the finger movements I just did with that because it would have made the noises make more sense. Anyway, um, shortly after the creature was officially documented as having existed, people started finding saucer-sized, and I'm using air quotes here, scales surfacing um, on the water and on the beach, and to this day they were never really tested to like find out what they actually were, but they very much had the same um, consistency and texture as a fish scale. So a lot of people just kind of made the connection and said this is from, you know, the mugwump that lives in the lake. And, I mean, to me that makes sense, I guess. I wish they would have tested it at least a little bit to find out if it was even a fish scale, because, you know, there's always a possibility it could be, like, a piece of a rock or, like, whatever. Um, But saucer-sized, it did kind of confirm... The size of what um, everyone thought was living in the lake. So, because that just, I feel like that just makes sense. I feel like a 20 foot long fish like monster would not have tiny little scales, like a whole lot of tiny little ones. They would have like big scales and like a ton of big ones and not like a million tiny ones. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm gonna move on to the next sighting because I'm being a little extra rambly today. But in 1982, I jump ahead to the next super big reported sighting that there was. Um, because keep in mind, too, I say this a lot, but there are oftentimes times, like, people don't report what they see because they don't think it matters. Um, or they think they're going to be called crazy, or it's, you know, something they see enough that it doesn't seem weird anymore. Um, and that's, like, something I think about a lot when there's, like, big jumps of time in between Uh, sightings is that realistically the people who live in this area probably like see it and are like oh yeah it's that thing again or they just don't want to fucking deal with this they just mind their business and go on about their life which is fair I guess um so anyway 1982 there were two ice fishermen who were out on the lake and through the hole that they had drilled in the ice to do their fishing they spotted the creature um and this one's this one's crazy to me. This one is like definitely more interesting to me. So according to these ice fishermen, um, the creature popped its head up through the hole in the ice, um, and just kind of watched them for, you know, five minutes. They described it as having a, an all black glistening head, which that bitch is glistening because she just came out of the water. But I mean, regardless, I guess she could be slimy still. Anyway, so black glistening head popped right out of the hole in the ice that they had drilled um, and then proceeded to stare at them with big protruding eyes for about five minutes, and they got the impression that the creature was kind of sizing them up. Um, That's so creepy. Can you imagine? Can you imagine just, like, minding your own business, being out on the ice, you drill a hole, you're, like, going to get some fish, it's going to be wicked fun, and then the lake monster... It comes out of the hole that you drilled and, like, just sits there and just, like, tries to decide if it wants to fight you or not. Like, that's scary. And then you're on the ice, too, so it's like, where are you gonna go? Nowhere. It's like, that lake monster, if it really wants you, it's either gonna come through your hole or it's gonna bop up through the fucking ice somewhere else and just get you. And that's just how that goes. Um, yeah. I mean, it's super crazy and weird, but I like it. I think it's interesting. Um, there is a lot of speculation about whether or not this is one creature or a whole family of creatures. Personally, you guys, at least at this point, probably know where I stand when I um, think about that as a topic of discussion. I think that most cryptids, with the exception of a small few of them, probably are families, or if not families, at least like packs. Um, and there's more than one of them. And that seems to be the general consensus from people who live in Ontario, um, around this lake is that it's definitely more of a whole species and like a pack, maybe not a pack, but at least a species of these weird lake monsters, um, and not just a single one. Uh, but I'm going to go, I want to go into the possible explanations of it because, you know, there's always at least something this time, at least nobody said it was a bear, So that's good. Um, But one of the possible explanations that some of the people gave was that it was an extra large sturgeon. And I would be willing to accept that possibility, but sturgeon are not 20 feet long. They are not that big. And they also don't have some of the features um, necessary to kind of write off some of the encounters that people have had. I think there's a possibility that, like, people, you know, being on the lake and, like, seeing it from a distance or, like, being on a boat and seeing it underneath their boat or something, it's kind of realistic to be like, that could have been a a sturgeon, you know. There are some instances where it definitely could have been a big fish, and that's fine, I'm willing to accept that. Um, But I just don't think that a sturgeon of all fish um, really explains every single sighting. and that's the thing that gets me. Like, we've all seen a sturgeon. We all play Animal Crossing. We've all caught a sturgeon at the the river mouth. Um, and they're big. They are big. That's, I'm not denying that. But they're not, you know, 20 feet long. And they don't have humps or big protruding eyes. So, you know, what I do think is really interesting about the theory that it could be a sturgeon too, though, is that in 2018 there was a poet named Richard Stevenson who wrote a poem about the mugwump and it's literally called The Mugwump and it's it's kind of funny. I read it earlier. It's about a 30-foot-long white sturgeon. That basically has just gotten real fucking fed up with being misidentified, which is hilarious to me. That's wicked funny. Um, but it also doesn't really like super, I guess, relate to to this specific, um, cryptid in this specific, uh, series of sightings because the collars off and the size is off. But I do think it's funny and I love seeing cryptids make their way into other forms of media like that. Um, especially as recent as 2018, like that's really, that's really cool to me. Um, the other possible explanation and this one I have given my opinion on many a times, but that it's a, uh, descendant of a prehistoric creature, if not a prehistoric creature itself, uh, y'all know how I feel about that, I don't really, at this point, it's, it's hard-pressed for me to find, um, you know, any sense in thinking that there could potentially be literal dinosaurs still, like, descendants of dinosaurs, I'm fine with, things that are really fucking old that we all, like, commonly call a dinosaur, sure, whatever, but, a literal fucking, like, pre-Meteor dinosaur. (laughs) Like, it just doesn't seem realistic to me. And, uh, yeah. So I'm gonna move on just because I don't want to get hung up on (laughs) my hatred for the dinosaur theory. Um, but... Basically, I wanted to mention real quick that there is another cryptid called a Mugwump, um, and there's almost no information about it. I was, you know, considering doing a two-part episode with both Mugwump cryptids, um, but the other one is so fucking obscure that it has literally only been seen once ever. And the only person who at this point knows anything about it, I think now would probably be dead because when he was interviewed about it 20 years ago he was in his 70s so at this point I feel like he's probably not with us anymore and that's okay um but you know I it just it makes it kind of hard to talk about it especially because it wasn't his story it was a secondhand story passed down to him so basically this other cryptid from Iowa called the mugwump is also called the Ventura Marsh Monster and there, like I said, have been literally just one sighting of it. And it was uh, from really far away. And this, you know, man, this gentleman who saw it described it as being large and hairy and kind of just like beelining it for the marsh and like took off, um, kind of stampeded through everything to get to the marsh. Um, and that's it. That's all the information that are, is on that. And I feel like it probably, I mean, I. I don't want to jump to a conclusion and say it was probably a Sasquatch. But, I mean, I don't know. I just, there's only been one sighting of it ever. And it was just this one guy. So, who knows? Who really knows what is happening there? In my research, I did learn this has nothing to do with cryptids at all. But it's on my brain because it has to do with the the word mugwump. But I did learn (laughs) that that word was used for a period of time in, I can't remember the time period, I want to say it was like the 70s, I don't think that's true though, I feel like it was probably way earlier um, in history, but for a period of time, the term mugwump was used to describe somebody who did not like the political candidate, like the Front runner for the party that they were a part of. For example, and I, I don't, I can't remember if this applies to both Republican, the Republican Party, and the Democratic Party, but I know that at the very least it, re, it applies to the Republican Party. So it was basically like if you were a Republican and you did not fuck with the, the head Republican in charge, whether it be the presidential candidate or the um, president or, or whatever then you were considered a mugwump, which, sure, I guess. Um, Yeah, I'm pretty sure the name of the uh, lake monster was around first. I I feel like that's almost a certainty. Actually, well, I don't know that for sure, because I feel like uh, the Algonquin tribe probably had a different name for this creature. They probably, but I do know that mugwump is an Algonquin word. I don't know. I, this is all up in the air. This is all fucking speculation. I know that that was, that word was used, um, to describe people that didn't fuck with their candidate and that's it. And I know that it's, it was an Algonquin word. The original name for the mugwump, I couldn't tell you what it was. Um, but I, I can tell you, and I said this in the beginning that, People also refer to her as old Tessie, and yes I'm gonna call it a her because to me lake monsters just like really just emanate like feminine vibes. I don't know. I do with that information what you will. Uh but yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna end this episode before I say any any more stupid shit. So that is that. Hope you guys enjoyed uh my brief little rambling about the mugwump of Ontario, Canada. Uh, next week I will have another cryptid for you. Um, I don't know what yet, but I'll have something. So stay tuned and get ready to learn some more. Thank you guys for listening. I will see you next week. Bye.